welcome to Friday Night Fright Fest, a podcast celebrating the horror double feature with hosts Andrew and Elizabeth. Welcome to Friday Night Fright Fest. Woo! <laughs> I know that wasn't scary. This is a podcast where we look at two movies that we watch on a Friday night, all uh, kind of old-timey um, double features, and talk about them. Typically, our movies are something that is available streaming on Netflix, maybe Hulu, but um, we try to do stuff that is available now and maybe of interest, and we hopefully try to have a theme. So, so what would you say our theme is this week? So I picked these two movies with a very loose theme, and that theme was these were two indie horror films I saw at horror film festivals a couple years ago. And then after watching them, I came up with the theme of creepy old dudes. Yeah, that that one works better. It's a tiny bit of a spoiler for one of the movies. So uh, the two movies that we watched and are talking about today are The Void from 2016 and 13 Cameras from 2015, uh, both of which are, at least at the time of this recording, available on Netflix streaming. So I think that they were, they're both very different movies. They have very yeah. different styles to them. And, you know, one is kind of more supernatural and the other one is definitely like real life could, could theoretically happen. Everyone's had a cr- creepy dude, uh, landlord, landlord. Yeah. Um, but I thought that they paired nicely with one another. Um, there were good parts of them and bad parts of them. Okay. We started with the, the void, the void. So let's, let's briefly give an overview of the two that are kind of spoiler free. And then we'll delve into a spoiler heavy discussion of both after that. Sure. So the void, I would say in a relatively spoiler free sort of way, a cop brings a suspect to a small county hospital. That's kind of, Partly burned out. They're closing it down, but it's still open, like as they like pack files up. Um, and there's a cult involved. And weird shit happens. Weird shit starts happening rapidly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty, that's a pretty good description. So there's it, some like personal things between yeah. a husband and wife who have lost a child. And um, I mean, it's very much a siege film where yeah. you've got a small cast of protagonists trapped in a physical location. They can't leave, and then bad stuff starts happening inside. What's that movie that's set in a police district in... Assault on Precinct 13. It's like that. Or Night of the Living Dead. It's like that, but with supernatural stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just a, just a quick impression. What did you, what did you think? Cause you hadn't seen it before. Sure. I thought that there were parts of it that were a little slow. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's an indie horror movie. So for, in terms of that, it was really well done for being an indie horror movie. Um, do you know how much it I, cost to make it? Well, I'm not sure of the total budget. They raised on Indiegogo, um, $82,000, uh, for some creature effects and things like that. Okay. Um, so, but, but I agree. I mean, for an indie horror, low budget film they did an amazing job i mean yeah there are a few cheesy bits Mm -hmm. in terms of creature effects um but most actually look really good yeah agreed agreed but yeah i mean i thought there were some slow places there were places where it could have been tightened up a little bit uh particularly toward the end with all of the yeah yeah but yeah okay so 13 cameras um i think we're even the brief description, if you're watching this film, you're going to know what it's about. It's about a young couple, kind of semi-newlyweds. The wife is pregnant. Um, they move into a rented house. In California. They've moved from New York. Yeah. And, well, there's just no other way to say the it. The landlord 
Lord is creepy from the get go. Yes. And I think we all know where that's headed with a title like 13 cameras. Right. I mean, there are hidden cameras in the house. Yes. They're and being watched. quote unquote hilarity ensues. Yes. Um, I thought, I, as I have mentioned in the previous episode, things that could happen in real life really get to me. Uh, this was one of those. Th- well, I, it didn't get to me as much as some other uh, some other okay. films have. But the idea that someone could be watching you at all times, and let's be honest, I mean, there's a reason why people put pieces of tape over the cameras of their own computer sure. cameras. So, sure. yeah. <laughs> um, but the idea that someone could be watching me at all times and have some nefarious like plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a possibility. I mean, I'm not paranoid to, uh, enough to think that somebody is actually going to do that, but it's, it's could happen. It could happen. And what did you, what did you think of this one? Again, I thought there were some so, slow places. Um, and, and I thought that it could have been tightened up, uh, in places. I thought the, there were very few actually sympath- sympathetic characters in this. Yeah. <laughs> They're all pretty, that. pretty flawed characters, but generally I thought the film was good and I thought it was well done and there's apparently a sequel. Uh, so 14 cameras, 14 cameras. Yes. So I'm interested to see what direction they take it in or if it's basically just the same movie, but with a new couple. Yeah. That I hope they don't go that route. That yeah. just wouldn't work. Uh, so of the two films, which did you prefer? Um, I like them both for different reasons. I like The Void um, because I really like that kind of supernatural cultist thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that the story was well constructed. I, mm-hmm. You know, there were enough like twists and turns and odd things going on. But I liked 13 cameras for the realness of it and the possibility, you know, the, option, yeah. the th- idea that it could actually happen. I, I agree. I mean, because ultimately I, I had seen each of these films previously. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that they were kind of standout films mm-hmm. at uh, various horror film festivals I, I went to a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was why I wanted to show them to you. I, I think both films are actually really strong. Yeah. Uh, if you're into indie horror uh, if you like supernatural stuff, The Void's a good choice. It's yeah. got some Lovecraftian elements, if that's your your thing. Mm-hmm. And it is one of my things, so I like that. And 13 Cameras, um, I agree with you. I like the slice of life stuff where it's ordinary people meet some weird dude and then awful things start happening. Yeah. that that I mean, that premise... Always appeals to me. Yeah, no, that's a, that's always a good premise. What one thing that I really liked about that I thought was interesting about Thirteen Cameras, uh, so it was actually the um, the director's first film. Yeah, I, I looked him up, and I don't think he's done anything else. No, but I, I thought you know, as a first film, this is this is a great first film. Agreed. So, and his name is Victor Zarkov, mm-hmm. who sounds like a Bond villain. Oh yeah, it's a great Bond villain name. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, okay, so let's get to the spoiler-filled part, yeah. and let's restart with The Void. So uh, this was directed by the duo of Stephen Kostansky and Jeremy Gillespie. They've done a half a dozen films, uh, none of which I have seen. Okay. Uh, so IMDb rates this at 5.8 out of 10. Really? That low? Yeah, and on Rotten Tomatoes, really interesting here. The audience did not like it, 45%. The critics give it 75%. So a big disparity. And that was actually uh, true of 13 cameras as well. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, So I, there are definitely some Lovecraftian elements here. We've got the kind of 
hints of these vast cosmic entities, the, the, you know, kind of, um, otherworldly dimensional vistas, um, occult worshiping these beings attempting to either summon it or appease it or get it to give you power of some sort. You've also got a lot of, I think some Clive Barker esque Hellraiser, like body horror, you know, Peeling your skin off, you know, having kind of flayed bodies. Well, and, you know, in, in the scene where they're kind of going through the maze that doesn't that, you know, the the title, the void, it's not clear to precisely what it's. Re- well, I mean, there's this there is this void, you know, in the end that they kind this of other into. dimension that that they're attempting or this cult led by uh, spoiler, Dr. Richard Powell. Yeah. The one doctor at this local hospital. Mm-hmm who is attempting to um, make contact with this entity or this space mm-hmm. and get his daughter back, but who, who has died. But in his quest to do this, I mean, he's founded uh, a sex murder, murder sex cult. cult. Yeah. yeah. Like you do. Like you do. And, you know, he's got this kind of apocalyptic vision. Yeah. Um, plus he's done a lot of experiments on and essentially kind of created some monsters. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, so they, they enter into this sub-basement to kind of uh, to access the morgue because the doctor has holed himself up there, taken the pr- main protagonist's wife, mm-hmm. who, uh, who they have lost a child as well. And uh, and they seem to be separated. And they seem to be separated yeah. because of it, yeah. And th- is basically Im- impregnated her or made her part of this weird, like... She's going to birth this monstrous entity. That is his daughter. Yeah. But so that they go down into out. this like sub sub basement that doesn't actually appear to a- exist. Like right. it, it also is this kind of other liminal space that that does not actually exist. Yeah. But as they're down there and going through this, this is where you get some of the body horror. And these are mm-hmm. his like previous experiments and previous attempts to access the you know to both to birth his daughter again and to to access this void. And I thought that was that was really creepy. Uh, the like the effects were good. The on effects those. were very good. Yeah. And, and you know it's dark down there, so even if the effects weren't great, like it's sure. it's good enough. Right. Um, so I thought that was that was really good. What what I thought was really funny about this film is the two characters who you really don't think are going to make it are the only two characters who actually make it through the film. Yeah, I, I appreciated that ending because, you know, the... Because it's one kind of the, like, last girl, but the last girl who is, like, totally not actually fighting and has just hidden herself away in a closet, and the deaf mute. Like... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> these are these are not the people you expected to survive. I mean, Kim, the, like... Intern. It, it, the intern, Candy Striper, incompetent, screws up over and over again. I mean, she ultimately just hides in a closet, but that's a totally viable strategy mm-hmm. in this movie. And the the other guy who basically saved the day uh, in a yeah. lot of ways, but also lost his entire family in the process. Right. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I thought, I thought it was good. I thought there were a lot of things that were left unexplained, but okay. I'm okay with that because it's supposed to be supernatural and, and the Cthulhu mythos is just one of those things where things are, are left unexplained. I didn't understand. So we're left with the protagonist and his wife, fine, like like not, you know, injured at all, one would presume. And in, in the other dimension. In the other dimension, like, like holding hands. Under this black pyramid that is what has been worshipped or it houses 
some entity or something. Yeah. So that ending was a little unsatisfying. Like as an ending, I was just like, okay, what now? Like, well, do you presume that there's going to be like a follow on where they try and escape this? Like what, what's the deal? Well, and it's, I mean, her presence there. So his name is Carter. Her name, I think is Sarah. It's, it's a little, it's a little odd because Sarah's already dead. But is she, I mean, the thing is, like, well, he, he, he killed her with an ax. Oh yeah. He did cut her head off. But he cut off the head of the entity that she became. I mean, maybe you get reborn or transformed in, when you go into this other like dimension. I I think it's clear they're they're both dead already, and maybe yeah. it's their souls or something. I, I don't know. I, I I don't think that matters much. But I thought but. that that was a little unsatisfying. Well, like it was just yeah. a little odd and unsatisfying at the end. I I think the ending sure. where we have the two kind of soul survivors. Uh, was a little more satisfying because they go on to fight another day and hopefully another cult doesn't pop up, but you know that it's going to. Well, I think that, so I think that they, they made the protagonists kind of quote unquote survive because they wanted to show us the black pyramid. Yeah. Sure. They, they wanted to show us what was in that void. Sure. And there was probably no other way to do it, yeah. but, but I agree. Not, not entirely satisfying. Some elements I did like though great opening scene to the film um, yes. where you've got these two guys and, a, you know, two people, man and a woman running out of a house. What seems to be these two lunatics come out, shoot the woman in the back, set her on fire. The, the guy escapes. That was a great scene. Yeah. I liked that. They brought in this idea of losing children. I mean, I know this is going to sound terrible, but losing children, because it gave you this idea that like, what are they doing with these children that they're causing these children to die? Sure. And you had a pregnant woman who was there, who was about to give birth. So the thought, you know, yeah. I was drawing in my mind, I was drawing a connection between the doctor's dead daughter. Cause at first we didn't know how old she was. The sure. death, you know, stillborn one would presume of the the child um, of the protagonist and his wife. And then this new, uh, you know, this girl whose grandfather brought her to the hospital yeah. who was probably about to give birth. Yeah. Um, and and trying to figure out how the death of all of these children relates to this kind of cult. I thought that was really sure. interesting, especially the like kind of three stages of losing a child, one who's an adult, one who and we don't know precisely what happened with that child. Um, but but we get the sense that just his grief overtook him and it led him down this kind of dark path. Yeah, uh, I agree I that the pregnancy stuff, that was all great mm-hmm. loss of children. The other piece that I really liked was the cult itself. Yes. I thought that the cult members standing there in their white robes, um, faceless, except for this black pyramid mm-hmm. that, that's on their hood. And then, you know, those got, you know, they've got those, those really creepy horns that kind of summon them. Yes. They're standing there just staring motionless. They whip out knives and start using those. And they seem that was to all like nice. multiply, like the, you look up and there's one of them and then right. you look away and then you look up again and then there's like 10. Yes. And then the next time you see them, there's like 50. Right. And so they seem to kind of exponentially multiply and gather. And I thought that was really very ominous. Yes. I like that a lot. Very good stuff. Yeah. Very good stuff. So, I mean, I would recommend the film. If you like kind of siege films and you like kind of horror and indie films. I thought it was a good film. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you've got to have a tiny bit of tolerance for um, cheesiness. cheesiness. Um, That's almost inevitable with a film like this, but as long as you're okay with that, I I actually think it's a, it's a very well done film. Yeah. I mean, the acting wasn't perfect, but I thought it was good. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I agree. So um, let's move on to 13 Cameras, um, which, as we said, came out 2015, directed by Victor Zarkov. Uh, IMDb rates this a, a bit lower than The Void. We're at 5.1 out of 10 there. And very similar split from Rotten Tomatoes. Audience gave it 37%. The critics gave it 77%. Mm-hmm. So an even an even starker um, divide. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned the unsympathetic protagonists. And in fact, all the characters are kind of, you know, even their friends are kind of annoying. So it's, it's a young couple, Ryan and Claire. Claire's pregnant. They move into, into this, this place, which is rented to them by Gerald, who is super, super creepy. Love the actor. I can't imagine him as anything other than a kind of serial killer type. Yeah. I could easily see um, him getting typecast, but he was really, really good. Their friends are annoying. Ryan's girlfriend slash assistant Hannah um, is also kind of annoying, but I really like the premise. Yeah. So uh, Ryan has moved out there ahead of his wife, pregnant wife, uh, starts this affair with Hannah then the wife moves out. She's pregnant. They get they move into this apartment. The it it becomes clear from the very beginning before we even meet Ryan and and any of the other characters that this guy is and, and the original title was Slumlord. So take from that what you will. Um, but he he has been installing cameras into all of the apartments that he manages. Yeah. So you know, and he keeps installing them. You know, when they're away. And in various places where he can be titillated. Right, right. He also has what he refers to as the owner's closet. So one would assume that it's kind of like a storage closet with tools and stuff like that. But Ryan uh, opens it and finds out that it stairs to a basement, which super creepy. I don't want a secret basement in my apartment. No, you know, come to think of it, I think I rented a house many, many years ago and there was an owner's closet. I'm sure there was. I don't know what was in there because it was locked. <laughs> Our apartment right now has an owner's closet, but I, I mean, it's really a mechanical closet. I think it's just a mechanical Where closet. the air conditioning yeah. is. Um, but, uh, you know, especially because in California, most houses don't have basements. It makes it even creepier because the idea that there is like a crawl space that's been that's been created sure. underneath the house that you typically wouldn't expect to find is is very creepy. Well, and, you know, technology here plays a huge role in yeah. the film. I mean, th- this is a film that's the premise is only possible because of technology. Mm-hmm. If you you know, when you think about the tiny fiber optic uh, cables and cameras that are readily available off the shelf mm-hmm. technology. This is, uh, frankly, this premise is more and more possible. And, you know, there are just enough news stories about this where, you know, some freak um, installs a camera, a hidden camera in a Starbucks bathroom mm-hmm. or in a locker room or changing room or something. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it seems to me like once or twice a year they catch one of these guys doing this. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously a um, the owner of apartments mm-hmm. um, has an even greater ability to do this. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing that really kind of sets up the stage for him, what ends up happening is, is he... Um, he becomes very invested in a lot of ways in their lives, not just to be titillated, but he sees that Ryan is having this affair. And I think that he feels sympathy for Ryan's wife. And so I, and is very much attracted to her and wants to like touch her all the time and stuff. Though he's also really attracted to Hannah, the girlfriend. Yes, that too. But who's even hotter, but he, he, 
because of the, I, I think because of the cameras, they can't get, they can't get a Wi-Fi signal inside the house. It's I think there's too true. much interference from the cameras and they never really explain that, but I get the sense that that's the issue because even yeah. when they put a repeater in the house, it doesn't seem to resolve the issue. Yeah. So they have to have all their phone calls outside, which he can hear and he can, you know, participate in uh, virtually. He hears that, you know, that there's that there's trouble that she he's having this affair he sees that ryan is having this affair and then when hannah kind of goes when ryan decides he's going to try and make his marriage work and hannah kind of goes off the rails and shows up at the house Mm -hmm. on on her own uh gerald takes it as his opportunity to kind of kidnap hannah but he doesn't have a place that he can take hannah so he just put he soundproofs the basement and locks Hannah up in the basement. But he's planning this for a while because he buys heavy duty like dog collars and he sets up the soundproofing and and all of the other, you know, yeah, infrastructure that he needs to hold someone down in the basement. Yeah, though ironically, I mean, Hannah is like a master escape artist, so I will hand that to her because she manages to escape Yes. Times. Yes. In the end, Gerald is about to be found out and he murders everyone. <laughs> Murder slash abducts. Every, abducts. Yes. I yes. mean, so he is a I mean, he's a shockingly kind of robust, brutal, physical figure here. Yes. Um, he's the type of guy who w- would have trapped women with shackles in the back of a of his white panel van. Right. Which, of course, he, he has also has a white that. panel van. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so he's he's a really ominous, brutal figure here, uh, which I like. Mm-hmm. It, it was interesting watching this again because I, I had actually forgotten how unlikable all of the characters are. <laughs> I just I, I in, in my memory of the film from, you know, three years ago, it was I just remembered it as being a super creepy movie. I had uh, I had forgotten about how I didn't like any of the characters, but I, I find that's often true with pretty much the entire found footage genre. Yeah. And, and to be fair, this isn't quite a found footage uh, no. film. What's great about it. And I heard some, I saw someone mention this online is that it's, it has the premise of a found footage mm-hmm. and yet it's actually, you know, it's not the like shaky camera shots yeah. or any of that. Because and it's, it's happening real time. It's actually being filmed. Yeah. Um, yeah. In ad- you know, in addition to the individual cameras that are placed around the property, there is footage that is kind of being filmed. Yeah. I mean, I so I think if you're a fan of that genre, I think you're going to like this because it's a, it's a different take on that in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, and frankly, I mean, I'm thinking like if anyone put hidden cameras in anyone's home and kind of watched you in your most private moments, I guess probably all of us would be unlikable. In, oh, in, yeah. To I'm one sure. degree or, or another. I'm sure. Uh, I mean, but but this is obviously this is a couple in crisis um, and you've got infidelity going on. Um, and so that's. That's unpleasant yeah. to look at, you know, so you've got the guy who's cheating on his wife, but then frankly, like the wife is super annoying. And then you've got Hannah's the, not great. either, Right. I mean, she's kind of nutty. It's like, okay, you're screwing your boss. It's obvious that your boss isn't going to like dump his wife and marry you or something. And, yeah. and she kind of wants to bring this all to a head. Yeah. The friends are just kind of annoying. Though I will say the friends did give him good advice of like, talk to your wife about it it and come clean and end it. Right. Which is good advice. I think. Sure. Sure. But you know, in the end, uh, I mean, what I think is 
great about the ending of it is he actually ends up kidnap kidnapping the wife. Uh, he's in the he's in the van and has the baby in the van. So like the baby's his like new BFF, which yeah. is creepy. Right. Um, but he he has the the wife in a soundproof room in what appears to be his apartment, or at I think least so. like the the storage area of another building that he maintains. Yeah. And this woman, as he's cleaning out the bucket in which uh, she does her business. This woman in that same apartment building, which seems to be a larger apartment complex, calls down to him and says, hey, my shower's not draining well. Can you take a look at it? And he says, I'll look at it tomorrow. But you know there are cameras in that girl's apartment, too. You know he's got cameras in everybody's apartment. So, like, you know, I can see how this would have a lot of opportunity for multiple sequels. The question would be, uh, you know, to what extent is a sequel going to be just the same story or is it going to be different? Yeah, I mean, they've got to do something different with it. It can't just be Gerald gets to spy on and abduct more women. Yeah. I mean, and maybe what happened, we'll see. The the 14 cameras came out 2018, June or July of 2018. Uh, we haven't seen it yet. But I, I would like to see more kind of character development with Gerald. Yeah. Not, I mean, because in some ways... You know, obviously, he's not a sympathetic character. He he murders people and he he watches people through cameras. Like that's not sympathetic. But at the same time, you know, when the wife you know talks about how he smells and she doesn't like being around him, like, you know, what brought Gerald to the point where this is what his life is? Yeah. Um. You know, I I don't think that he necessarily is pure evil. I think that there's something going on with him that like has led him to this place. Okay. I mean, he's definitely in the mold of Norman Bates. Yeah. That's and Norman sure. Bates was screwed up. Like, they, right. they, you know, he didn't have to end up like that. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the, the film and I am definitely interested in watching the sequel. Yeah. To see where they where they go with it. Yeah. So if you were to pair, you know, you can definitely pair these two films together with creepy old men. But if you wanted to do kind of a binge watch of uh, 13 cameras and 14 cameras, you might be able to find 14 cameras. Uh, as a disc, but it's not mm-hmm. available streaming yet. Yep. All right. So uh, thanks for listening. Uh, hope you get a chance to listen or watch these films and um, we will see you next time. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can find us online at Friday night, fright fest.com. <laughs>